talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. We're not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We're talking about practice. Welcome back to Talking About Practice. I'm your host, Murs. Uh, I apologize for the late post this week. I've been in California for the last couple weeks. You know, we, we're, we're coming up with some new ways to get you guys sports news and sports takes faster. Been definitely talking to my co-host, Jay, who's joining us right now off screen. You're uh, one third of the Family Mart podcast. And also, I'm out in playoffs for fantasy football. And this last year, I think I finished first. And then lost in the semifinals, but this year I'm all the way out. But I am the CFO, so I'm in charge of all the money. I'm about to run away. (laughs) All right, let's get it. Some notable updates that happened this week. Actually, this morning on my flight back to Vegas, I saw on my athletic ticker, Brittany Griner was traded back to America for Russian's arms dealer, Victor Bout. Brittany Griner's been in prison in Russia for the past 10 months, right before the Ukraine versus Russia war, over vape cartridges that she had mistakenly, allegedly, she forgot in her bag. When she went through customs, they found them. Uh, I think she had like 0.1, 0.2 THC marijuana, whatever you want to call it in there, and then they imprisoned her for it. Over here in America, they're a little bit, a lot more lenient, but in Russia, uh, not so much. So she was actually transferred to a russian penal colony apparently where it's really bad like living conditions for a lot of prisoners especially if you're american and she was going to serve up to nine years in there uh for victor bout he is a convicted arms dealer and actually he was serving 25 years in prison federal prison he was on his 11th year at this point uh, before he is agreed to be released by the biden administration to go back home to Russia. And a lot of people right now are in arms because, uh, one, they're very happy that Brittany Griner gets to come back home. Uh, There is a couple of things that's causing some controversy. Uh, They don't feel that it was a fair trade because uh, we're essentially sending somebody back that uh, is a criminal. He was conspiring to kill Americans and he was trading guns with the Colombians uh, and all these things. So they don't feel that it was a fair trade. Uh, and that we're putting somebody evil back into the free world. However, we do get one of our own back, but we do have another person who's still in Russia, who's been there for four years, who's a Marine veteran, Paul Whelan, um, or Paul Whelan, excuse me if I pronounced that wrong. I read in an article that he's pretty disappointed that they weren't able to put him into the deal. But looking at the trade in itself, I personally, if we're just going to look at it as like, who gets what, we got fleeced. We got fleeced in the trade. We should have had two Americans come back home. According to Biden, he was only able to get one or none, which I understand. You know, we're talking about people's lives here. It's not a game. It's not, you know, we're not dealing with contracts or anything like that. So I do understand that. America did get fleeced, in my opinion. I do agree with that. And I think the biggest thing that we can learn here is... You got to be thorough when you're traveling countries. And I, I know Brittany Griner was playing in Russia. You know, she's bringing in money to Russia for their basketball leagues and stuff like that. But we can't trust like other countries and stuff like that. Like we have to abide by their laws. And just because, you know, we're high profile players in America doesn't mean we're anything else in another country. So moral of the story is make sure that you're uh, thorough with your luggage. And when you're going through customs, you're not bringing anything illegal that's going to put you in prison. Uh, I don't know about you, Jay, but I'm really into those like locked up abroad shows where they show people that are like willingfully 
trying to smuggle drugs into another country and they end up there like damn near for the rest of their lives. Like it's crazy. But I am glad that we, that Brittany Griner's back home, you know, and, and she's back home with her wife just before the holidays. But if there's anything that we can learn in this story, you got to be careful when you're overseas. All right, moving on to some NBA. James Harden is back. He came back on Monday. He was out for almost about a month, maybe a little bit more, um, with an injury, a leg injury. Uh, but they did take a loss to the Rockets, 123 to 132. They haven't played the rest of the week, but they do play tomorrow, Friday, against the Los Angeles Lakers. Watching Harden back, it, it's a, a little bit of a relief because we do have a high caliber score back on the Sixers. I, I'm a Sixers fan. That's why I keep saying we and I. He didn't score inside the three-point line. Uh, he was 4 for 11 on threes, 9 for 10 in free throws. He finished with 21 points. Not too bad. Uh, but James Harden coming back kind of reminds me of that Old dude in the open run who plays with like a leg brace. Used to be mad nice in high school. He always gets picked last, but he ends up he ends up just shooting threes and he's mad nice at shooting threes. That's what James Harden looked like. As he gets going, you know, it's just one game. He's probably gonna get he's gonna look a lot more solid. So we'll see how that goes for the for the Sixers. I think right now they're oh just 500, uh 12 and 12. It, it's it's not looking like where I thought it was going to be. I really thought the Sixers were going to be ranked uh, or, or they were going to be higher in the standings. However, not the case. But we'll see where that goes. Other returns. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George came back to the Clippers. Kawhi hits a game winner with his first game back since mid-November. That reminded me of when Kawhi hit the game-winning three over the Sixers in Game 7 to go to the NBA Finals. While it is nice to see someone like Kawhi back and Paul George back in the game, it, it just gave me a, like a crazy feeling to see him hit a game winner. Uh, they were playing Charlotte. They won by two. Both haven't played since November 21, and the Clippers went two and four. With Kawhi Leonard playing, the Clippers are four and two. So when you got all like all their high-profile players playing, when, they, when you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they got John Wall, when you got these guys on the roster, and they're all playing. The Clippers can be very deadly. So uh, it's exciting to see what they're going to do this year. They haven't really done much uh, at all in their history when it comes to the postseason, but we'll see if they make it to the WCF or even the NBA Finals. I might be stretching that, but who knows? We'll see. I know one thing's for sure. Uh, it's still kind of early, and the battle in L.A. between the Lakers and the Clippers, we'll see how that goes. But I got two friends, man. I got a diehard Clipper friend and a diehard Laker fan. And they just go at it every single day. And, and right now, my boy, who's a Clippers fan, he's loving it right now that how much the, the Lakers have been struggling the last couple of years. So that's exciting to see. Uh, World Cup. We're now to the Elite Eight. I don't know if that's the official wording for uh, the quarterfinals, but I'm excited, man. There's a, a couple of teams here that I do have as underdogs that I think are going to win. Uh, we'll probably get into we're going to get into that right now. My favorite to win the whole thing is France. I like Mbappe, and uh, I just watching them play. The little bit I've seen them play, uh, they play kind of early, but the little bit that I've seen them play, uh, they look pretty good out there. So I got France going all the way. Jay, who do you got? I got Brazil. They're right. dominating whenever they play. Right, true, and it true. Looks, it looks easy. And one thing about that, too, is like when you're going through these teams and then you finally get matched up with a team that – gives you some type type of competition, it kind of fires back on you, you know? So I think if if uh, Brazil and France do meet up, which I do believe they meet up in the bracket play uh, for the World Cup final, that would be interesting. Now, I do want this. 
because I know they do the golden goal uh, for the World Cup final, which basically means they don't. I don't think they do penalty kicks. It's whoever wins. It's like uh, in overtime. Uh, it's sudden death. So whoever scores the next goal wins, right? That's what I want. I want to see like final score before overtime, three to three, and then like a another two hours. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, like another two hours. We're just fucking there like, yeah. I want to be nervous it. for like five hours. Yeah, I want to be nervous for five hours, bro. Like, that's that's what I want at the World Cup. There were some outliers this week. Morocco beat Spain. Uh, I think a lot of people thought Spain might make it pretty far in the World Cup, but Morocco is actually pretty fire. They have a, a player. I forgot his name, but he plays for PSG, and he's pre- he's a pretty solid player. And I think the way that Morocco is playing right now, they're playing solid football. And, and I don't think a lot of people really understand how effective they've been through the World Cup. Uh, that's why they've been able to advance. And we'll get into what I think is going to happen uh, in, in the next, I guess, four to five games that we have coming up next. Uh, four to six games before the final match. So, uh, Jay, I'm pretty sure we're going to go over that right now. Also, uh, Goncalo Ramos hit a hat trick for Portugal. He's the guy that started over Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo was benched for a verbal altercation with a South Korean player. I think their coach kind of is just having it with with Ronaldo, and I, I I've heard like he's kind of had like an attitude problem, kind of like his whole career. So, uh, which I think is is great for a coach to coach somebody like Ronaldo, one of the highest paid players in sports. Period. I think he's about to sign a deal with Saudi Arabia, where he's going to get like two hundred million or three hundred million dollars or something like that. But when you can bench essentially your best player and then put a guy who's only 21 years old, doesn't really have any World Cup experience, and he scores a hat trick, it just makes it look like, yo, this coach knows what he's doing. But it's not that he knows what he's doing. He's coaching the right way. Uh, he doesn't want Ronaldo to, to look like that. You're, you're playing for your country. You want to be out there and look respectful, right? So he benched Ronaldo. Ronaldo wasn't so happy about it, but he definitely was cheering for his team which is a good sign for someone like him that supports his teammates and the younger guys coming up because this is probably going to be Ronaldo's last year playing in the World Cup. He probably won't see the pitch no more. He's probably just going to be playing you know, some European leagues, or in this case, he's going to be in the Middle Eastern uh, country, Saudi Arabia playing. Shouts to, to Portugal. That's going to be a good match between Morocco and Portugal. I'll have my prediction on that in a second. Mbappe, who plays for France, he's amidst some controversy himself. Uh, he actually won't do any press conferences. He won the man of the match twice, which is for FIFA. Typically, you have an obligation as a player, if you win, that you speak to the press. Uh, however, Mbappe doesn't want to have anything to do with that. France is being fined for it. They're paying his fines. And also, when he took a picture of the trophy, he turned the logo around, which was a Budweiser logo, and he took a picture with the trophy without the logo. The biggest thing about that is he doesn't want to promote alcohol. He doesn't want to promote sports betting or junk food. This dude is like what America needs to be, right? Like that's everything we do right there, right? That's why we're all obese. But he doesn't want to do that because he's a man of the kids. And he doesn't want, he wants to uphold that image to all the kids, which I respect 100%, man. And if France has no problem with paying the fines, if Mbappe has no problem paying the fines, these, these athletes get paid millions hundreds of millions of dollars like soccer athletes are probably paid the highest next to like baseball players and things like that i probably would do the same thing but i do respect it i do respect it from mbappe uh shouts to him for being that way 
And um, but FIFA is under the hot seat again because uh, I heard Budweiser they spot they're sponsoring FIFA. They're trying to get like forty seven million dollars back because Qatar uh wouldn't allow the sale of alcohol. And Budweiser had sent millions of cans that are now just sitting in a warehouse in Qatar. And Budweiser wants their money back because they're not getting the visibility that they've paid for, that their marketing teams pay for to essentially get a return on investment for that. So FIFA is just all over the place, man. <laughs> just, but it's, it's great to watch. I enjoy it. And uh, this week, starting Friday, we have some great matches coming up. So, Jay, if you want to join in with me on your prediction, uh, the first match starting tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is Croatia versus Brazil. Uh, I think this is going to be an easy one for me. Uh, Croatia is not on the level as Brazil, so I got Brazil kind of advancing pretty pretty easy, 2-0. to zero. It could be worse, but I think it's going to be about 2-0 Brazil. I know this is the team you're going for, Jay. So yeah, I just couldn't believe that Croatia took down Japan like that. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's personal. It's yeah, because I know you're going for Japan. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Jay is from <laughs> Japan. He's Filipino. He's, he was you were born in Japan, right? Yeah, I was born there. Yeah, he's born in Japan. So hey, shouts to Japan. I really thought they had it, but you can't can't expect to win a match if you don't hit your penalty kicks. Yeah. The game later on that day is the Netherlands versus Argentina. The Dutch, in my opinion. For the Dutch to win this, they're going to need an early goal. Uh, if they don't get an early goal, it could be it could be a wrap for them. If they can contain Messi, but it's not even about Messi. Argentina is a pretty solid team. They just need to be able to contain that squad, get an early goal. Uh, don't play like don't play like to lose or anything like that because usually you're going to lose. You got to be aggressive, but you got to get that early goal. I think the score is going to be one to one. And the Netherlands are going to win on penalty kicks. What do you think, Jay? I think it's going to be Argentina. There's In the history of the World Cup, there's only been like eight countries to ever yeah. win it. So just going by history here, the numbers, I'm going with Argentina. You're going with Argentina for that one? It's, I mean, it, it's their favorite to win. Argentina's favorite to win, but, but not by much. So there could be a possibility that it could go to the Dutch. Ar, I mean, Argentina could win it easy. You know, they're, they're a dominant team. But I, I like the Dutch. So Jay got has Argentina. I got the Dutchman. Let's move on to Saturday's games. Morocco versus Portugal. And this one is another one of my dark horse teams, Morocco. I think Morocco is going to beat Portugal. Uh, it's either going to be a tie game at the end of the 90 minutes. They're going to go to penalty kicks. Or Morocco is going to win 1-0. to zero. That's what I got. It's probably not going to happen, but that's what I got, and I put money on it too. What you got for this one, Jay? I'll ride with you on that because I want you to win the money, and I kind of just want to see Portugal go down. Yeah. Like they, even though they have so much hype every World Cup, like they never really perform that well. True. So I'm going with that. I do, do think that they can take down a favor in this, this matchup. Actually, in 2018, in that World Cup, Portugal beat Morocco 1-0. to zero. So uh, I think Morocco has a better team this year. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I was trying to find any word if Ronaldo's going to play this game. I think he is, um, but I wasn't sure. So I, that's definitely going to play into the final score, in my opinion, on who's going to play. Is it going to be uh, the young cat that started over him last game, last match, or is it going to be Ronaldo? We'll see. Uh, and the final game of the Elite Eight, England versus France. This should be a really good matchup. Kane versus Mbappe. I got France winning 2-1. to one. Uh, Again, France is who I think is going to win the whole thing. 
So uh, I'm going with them. Two goals to one. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's no way that like England is probably fun to root for, but Mbappe is just too dominant. Yeah, he's he's a solid he's a solid ball player, and uh, I think he's got a lot of good things going his way. Very positive person. So we're going for Mbappe. Make sure you guys check it out. The FIFA World Cup. Uh, it only happens every four years. It's a quadrennial event. So make sure you guys check it out starting Friday. Uh, moving on to some college football. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to skip out on the college football playoffs. Everyone is kind of throwing his name around the mud because he should be playing if he could play this and that. But let's let's look at the facts a little bit. He only was able to play in three games this season. He injured his hamstring in an opener against Notre Dame. The doctors, according to him, declare that he's unable to play in playoffs. You know, and he he's probably going to go first in the draft. The NFL Combine is in late February, so we're talking about two and a half months before we get there. Now, I do see both sides in this. I'm all about an athlete doing what he feels is best for himself, and I'm also for the person that should challenge themselves to be the, the best that they can be at every level, in this case, the college level. I understand where he's coming from, uh, where, I mean, his doctor said he's, he, he's, he shouldn't play, but you shouldn't risk yourself too, you know? And we've seen some situations like with, with Tua getting hurt before uh, the year that he was going to get drafted, uh, but he's doing well now. But you just don't want to take those chances, you know? But we, we play this game also to challenge ourselves. And I feel like someone like Smith and Jigba, who can potentially, you know, win a title for his school and, or help his team win a title, you know, why not? Why not go out there and do it? But again, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen in the games. I'm all for him sitting out on this case. Um, if, if that's what he wants to do, uh, by all means, uh, go ahead and, and get it. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, college, schools, uh, universities, they don't really care about these athletes anyway. The NCAA don't really care about these athletes. They're getting money from them while their name is hot. And once they're done, boom, let's wash our hands. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't really care too much either. He's looking for the bag. So I'm for it, man. Um, Jackson, if that's what you want to do, my boy, I'm all for it. All right, the big story for me this week is Deion Sanders. Uh, he just signed as the head coach for the Colorado Buffaloes. Let's get into the contract details real quick. Five years, $29.5 million. It averages out to about just under $6 million a year. Uh, he has about $2 million in incentives. His contract at Jackson State was $300,000 a year. He only got $1.2 million for four years. There's a lot of controversy with this. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's a sellout because, uh, you know, he, you know, he's using the HBCUs as a launch pad to coach at predominantly white schools um, or, you know, and they're saying that he, he's a coach that could have been the savior and bring HBCUs to the top. But because he's jumping ship uh, now, he looks like everybody else. I think people need to slow down a little bit. OK, Deion Sanders did a lot for Jackson State. He left Jackson State better than when he found it. In three years, he he got them three winning records. They finished twenty seven and five in the three years he was coaching. They have two SWAC championship titles. Uh, they're gonna play in the Celebration Bowl this week on December seventeenth against North Carolina Central. You know he's gonna do both. He's gonna coach Colorado. He's gonna do this game. If there's anybody that's gonna do double duties. It's normal for Deion Sanders. He's a former MLB player and an NFL player. Uh, only athlete ever to play in two professional games. He played. Uh, for the Falcons against the Dolphins, and then he flew to Pittsburgh to play with the Braves. So if there's anyone that knows about working hard and and playing for the teams that uh, you're playing for, whatever the case may be, it's him. He was able to recruit some of the best players 
And not only that, he put his own money into the facilities at Jackson State. Half of his salary went to the locker rooms, uh, the training room, new barbershop, team meeting rooms look like it look like something you'd see at LSU. Uh, they're ga- they have a gaming center. There's a myriad of amenities for all these players that never had any of this before. And he had Jackson State televised nationally with 18 games that were aired on ESPN from uh, 2021 to 2022. But yet he's receiving a lot of criticism for leaving. I've heard someone say that he's leaving the best black school football team for one of the worst FBS schools that's predominantly white. And if you're looking at Deion Sanders, he went to Jackson State and turned them around. I think he's just trying to go to a school that, one, was going to pay him the bag, and two, that he could change. I think they finished 1-11 or something like that. They finished last in in the Pac-12. And also, my counter to that is black coaches need to be hired in the FBS. They need to be hired in Power 5 schools. According to Dr. Richard Lapchick, he created this racial and gender hiring chart. Uh, he's from he's a professor at the University of Central Florida, and uh, he does this every single year for all sports and uh, colleges. But 12% of FBS head coaches are black. So that's only about 15 of the 131 schools that compete at the, the Power 5 level are black. Only one coach in the top 10 is, is the highest paid college coach, and that's uh, Mel Tucker from Michigan State. I think Deion Sanders has an opportunity to integrate more black students into academia at Colorado. The study that that I saw uh, didn't account race. However, when it comes to sports, when schools uh, do very good in their sports, their enrollment tends to go up. And and I think when you have someone that's as vocal, that's a a leader like Deion Sanders, that knows how to use the media, whether it's controversy surrounding himself or you know, his teams, or even if it's just positives, I think he could definitely bring uh, some change to Colorado. And, you know, at the end of the day, we got to look at it. He's a black coach that's getting hired at, at a high level where there's not a lot of black coaches coaching at. And when you have some of the top athletes going to these schools, you need coaches like Deion Sanders that'll be able to relate to them, especially when there's things like uh, the George Floyd incident that happened where minorities, uh, student athletes need role models that look like them, that came from where they came from. You know, so I, I think it was a good hire. I'm not mad mad at, at Deion Sanders leaving, in my opinion. I think he left the blueprint for what coaches need to do at HBCUs. His coaching tree, they have great opportunities for hire. He's, he's going to pay them more. Let's not just look at Deion Sanders in this controversy because, and, and I don't know the accuracy in this, uh, this little breaking news that I have, but allegedly JSU was misusing the funds, the ticket sales, fundraising funds, etc. They were taking them from the football team and applying them to the academia side. And uh, apparently from those, Deion Sanders never saw the ticket sales. His coaching staff never saw any of the funds, nor did his football team. So this could be a big thing here. We could have a big case, and depending on who's in charge, over these things, over their financials, uh, it, it, it could turn into a big story. Uh, also, from what I understand, um, JSU didn't want to engage in the TV deal that Sanders was working on. You got to kind of look at how college football works as a business. So the conferences are the ones that write these TV deals and sign these contracts with these major networks. 
So uh, like conferences like the Big Ten, they're looking at getting $80 million next year that they're going to fund the schools that are going to be playing uh, on these TV networks. Why wouldn't you want anything to do with that when your school is going to essentially get paid for it? So I, I don't know what the case may be. Uh, it, I, I, I haven't seen much more of it than like an Instagram post on that take. Uh, however, uh, if that's the case, man, got to do better, man. You got to do better. I don't know if you've seen it, Jay, but there's a uh, there's video circulating on his first team meeting. It, it was just a clip. It was like a two minute clip. But he was saying he's bringing his own baggage, his own players in. And he's like um, he told his players like to hit the portal. This is the time to hit the portal. If you're not going to if you're not going to bring it, someone else is going to take his spot. And he's already got guys coming up uh, that he knows that's going to play over X player, Y player. And he's bringing his son, Shador, is a quarterback, to Colorado. And, and um, he was the quarterback for JSU. Oh. Yeah, he had a, a rating of 150-plus, two-time SWAC champion, 66 all-time touchdowns to 14 interceptions. He was the third best QB in the FCS. So he's bringing him up. And then also his son, who plays uh, safety, Shiloh. So it, a lot of people, again, were like, Oh, that's not how you talk to these players, you know, like that. Like, like, what's I your? I feel like take that's how that? it goes down. It's fucking football, uh, like yeah. Like ninety nine percent of the time, it's just everything else is behind the camera or not yeah. on camera. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. Come on, man. This ain't the first time like someone's talked to their players like that. Yeah, I, I remember when I was playing ball. Our coach would tell us like, "Yo, if you you know, if you want to quit, just leave." You know what I mean? Like, we we don't need you. If you don't want to be here. We don't need you. I've said it before as a coach. I don't think it was controversial. I actually ended up watching the whole uh, press conference or the whole team meeting he had. It was like seven minutes long, and it was pretty inspirational. And he just said he was saying, I'm, I'm coming, was his, um, was his tagline Got for the it. team meeting. He was like. That's hard. Yeah, he was like, uh, if you know who I am, I'm coming. If you're, if you're ready to win championships, I'm coming. I know you guys seen what I did at JSU. I brought him up from here, brought him up there. We got two championships, and I'm about to leave right now to go get ready to coach another one. I'm coming. That's yeah. how he was saying. Yeah, he was saying stuff like that. So in in, in that sense, he was ta- he was bringing all of that. He was talking for about four minutes before he talked about uh, bringing his own baggage. I like it when coaches talk spicy like that. Uh, I think it, it for me as a as a uh, I play high school ball. I get fired up, man. When when coaches get aggressive and talk like that, I don't yeah. get scared. I'd rather be coached yeah. by a, a tough coach. Yeah, my my uh, my head coach, uh, Coach Kevin Soares, uh, he's actually a Hall of Famer at Nevada Reno, and he's probably the best, in my opinion, he's the best high school coach in the state of Nevada. Um, this dude, man, he he never was really dealt a great hand of basketball players throughout his time coaching, um, and he knew how to get the full potential out of a player, man. And it, it was amazing to see as a player, uh, as a fan, as a friend, as a coach, um, you know. So I like getting coached like that, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? And he finally was dealt a good hand of players. He won a state championship, beat Bishop Gorman um, last year to win it. And uh, his school, Liberty, is still not getting the credit they deserve, but uh, anyway, I'm just ranting now, but um, I like getting coached hard like that. So I'm not the type of player that, like, folds over that shit. I wasn't the best player. Uh, probably wasn't even second string worthy. But, man, I didn't back down from nothing. It actually made me a lot tougher. So, you know what? All these people that are talking about it probably 
soft as hell anyway. They probably never really played high school sports or college for that matter. So uh, I, I don't see it as controversial how uh, Deion Sanders was talking to Colorado. I mean, at the end of the day, they went 1-11, right? They're uh, losing seasons for the last, I don't know, 20 years, whatever the case may be. You got to try something new. And I think, you know, if you're going to hire someone like Deion Sanders, you got to be ready for what he's going to say. He doesn't hold nothing back. Kyrie finally dropped by Nike. Uh, apparently, it was a mutual decision to part ways, according to his agent. Kyrie's deal was set to expire in October of next year anyway, so I think Nike was like, this is a good time to pull the trigger. Uh, so at this point, Kyrie can sign with any shoe company. Uh, we'll see who won. I know Adidas won't take him, right? Adidas probably won't take him. They got too much fire. Dude. They got too much fire right now. Uh, maybe Balenciaga will take him. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Irving's signature shoe was the second most lucrative shoe for Nike behind LeBron James's, for current players at least. And 68% of the league wears Kyrie's. Uh, but now with Nike dropping Kyrie, the Kyrie 8 won't launch. This is interesting, right? I'm not even going to talk about, I don't even want to talk about what he said or what he did or how everyone views him. I just want to talk about the shoes, okay? Because the Kyrie's are a fire basketball shoe. Um, I don't know if you've ever played in them, Jay. Uh, I know you just recently got some sneakers. I don't know if you want to talk about that experience. Uh, I, I went to the store to get some new hoop shoes, and it was between the Kyrie's or the Giannis's. And, of course, I want to play like Kyrie, and I think they're the a better design for guards. Right. But I was like, I can't do this. This dude's weird. Yeah. So I e easily copped the Giannis's instead, and yeah. I was like... I I feel good. I don't want to be pulled up on the, on the side while I'm hooping and want to talk about some, like, crazy shit. Yeah, and it's funny because on a marketing standpoint, I bet you a lot of Nike's executives and officials and stuff like that are like, you know, how are we going to flip this script? Yeah. There's you know, no way we're gonna the PR lose. team can save this. Yeah, we're going to lose, like, sales as they just lost yours. You were a Kyrie guy in, the, in terms of buying the basketball shoe, but you went with Giannis knowing that, Damn well you don't play nowhere near like Giannis <laughs> style, right? You ain't dunking right. on these hoops from the free throw line. Uh, so I get that. But, I mean, the value of his shoe, now that Nike's not going to drop the eights, uh, they're probably not going to continue releasing them. Uh, they're probably just going to sell out what they got. Do you think the value of his shoes are going to move up? Or do you think they're going to go down? My initial reaction was easily moved down. Easily moved down. Yeah. Okay. I thought they were going to drop. So Kyrie, for, for those that might not understand in the basketball sneaker world, Kyrie's shoes, uh, he has a lot of, like, themed pairs, and a lot of them, uh, they only made a, a certain amount. So they do go for a lot. Like, right now, I'm on Flight Club right now, and the most expensive Kyrie's, the Kyrie 4, the Yellow Lobsters, they're going for just under $1,000 a pair on resale. Uh, he has the Kyrie 2s, which was the EYBL promos going for $5,600. Uh, the Chinese New Year's are going for $5,000. Like, his sneakers are very popular. And um, I personally think now that they're not going to uh, sell them anymore or create new ones, I think the value of the Kyries, especially if they're dead stock, they're probably going to go up in a sense of, like, a sneakerhead just because of the fact that uh, they're not going to, they're hard to get, you know. I think that's why they might go up. But you might be right too, Jay. Like they, they could also go down just because no one wants to fuck with them. So, and Nike might set that standard. You know, you know how like a, a player gets hurt on in the NFL out for the season, or he's about to get traded, or they do trade him, and his jersey just is yeah, like it's just twenty bucks instantly on sale. Yeah, instantly on sale goes from like one fifty to twenty dollars. So I'm on Flight Club right now from the link you shared and. 
now I'm looking in like all the SpongeBob collabs, and these are kind of fire, dude. So maybe yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> you did. You did. I would have got some Kyrie's. Like, no lie. They're a good shoe. We're just talking about basketball, which most people want to tell us to shut up and dribble, right? As basketball players. Like, that's, if we're just going to do that, I'd still get some Kyrie's. <laughs> like, the, he's got some good ones, man. Yeah, like, dude, they had these, um, the Patricks, bro. They had these at, um, what's that spot called? Why do I want to say unnecessary roughness? Oh, urban. Urban necessities, right? Necessities. Urban necessities. They had these for retail price, bro, because they had a, a ton of them when they first came out. And uh, I should have bought a, bought a pair because they're going for two grand now. Like, yeah, these are hard. I messed crazy. up. I messed up. The blackouts, bro. These were everywhere. They're going for two racks. I still might have to get some. Oh, yeah. If I see a, a pair of uh, Kyrie's, 100%, bro. I'm copping a pair because they're not, they're going to be out there no more. You know what I mean? I don't think he was as crazy as Kanye saying, you know, Hitler's tight yeah. and all that. But, you know, you share a video saying Holocaust ain't real, bro. <laughs> it might be the same thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, like Kyrie's shoe is very comfortable to play in. I, I had a pair a very short time because I lost them after I, I at Tark. Yeah, I bought a pair wow. at the outlet. Uh, I think it's like my second or third game. You and left them? I left them because my dumbass was still putting them in the box. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't have a bag. This is, this is like the, uh, when you just asked to go play. In, uh, they said, yo, you want to play in this league? Yeah, you know, you know, you don't have your gym bag no more. You just go buy a pair of fucking shoes. So I bought a, I bought a pair of Kyrie's at the outlet, and I was playing them for like three games, and I left them there. <laughs> and I never saw them again. That's so funny. Someone came up. Yeah, someone came up, man. So, nice. Shouts to Nike. You know, they're standing up for what they feel is right. Good thing to see Kyrie back on the floor. Hopefully, this thing just goes over and he just, you know, he learns from it. I mean, just like anything else, you want to learn from your mistakes. Um, and, I mean, no one's going to change who Kyrie is, man. Um, you know, he's kind of already who he is. He's a flat earther. <laughs> he ain't known. So, just take everything he says with a grain of salt. Nike's pretty quick to drop. There are people like uh, soon after the Tiger Wood stuff, yeah. God Drop, uh, Manny Pacquiao, God yeah, Drop. God drop. So is, they're consistent. Do you feel like athletes have a chance to like rebrand? Rebrand or, or even just maybe rebrand themselves or just like. It's, it takes a lot of work outside of what's on the court, of course. Like, yeah. Well, one, you have to play well. Overall, you have to be killing it still, yeah. as well as like probably make the right moves and be on the right podcast such as this to, true true to share your views and yeah. fix fix the PR cuz you saw the, the 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 things that the Brooklyn Nets wanted to have Kyrie do before he could play again right yeah so apparently he did it cuz he's back on the floor um and i think Brooklyn has a huge jewish community too oh dude new york in general yeah new york in general so like they're the bagel spot yeah i'm pretty sure like brooklyn was like yo yeah <laughs> like, like uh, of all you know places. What I mean? Yeah, of all places, bro. <laughs> of all places. But guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Talking About Practice. Uh, again, like I said, me and Jay are trying to find new ways to give you guys news and our takes in the fastest way possible in different formats. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Practice. Uh, appreciate you guys. Peace. We're talking about practice, man. We're not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We're talking about practice. 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 Uh. Practice.